0: Alright, well let's go to Exodus chapter 17 tonight. Exodus chapter 17. Uh, We're going to read verses 1 through 16. We're going to read the whole chapter. And it's uh, some interesting story here. Uh, We're going to look at a character who's not a very uh, well-known character. We're going to look, there's a few people in here, but uh, two of them you'll know well. One of them you probably don't know much about. But there's some great lessons that we can learn from this chapter here in, in the Bible. And, you know, the Bible talks about in the New Testament all these things that happened to the children of Israel when they were in the wilderness and wandering. Those things, these things were recorded in the Bible on purpose. And it tells us this in the New Testament that they were there for an example to us. And we, we are supposed to learn from these stories. So when we read these stories, these aren't just, it's not just history. It's not just events that happened, but it's stuff that happened that it was specifically to teach us a lesson. And so let's look at this one in Exodus chapter 17, verse 1. when it says, "...and all the congregation of the children of Israel journeyed from the wilderness of sin after their journeys according to the commandment of the Lord and pitched in Rephidim, and there was no water for the people to drink. Wherefore, the people did chide with Moses and said, Give us water that we may drink. And Moses said unto them, Why chide you with Me? Wherefore, do ye tempt the Lord?" And the people thirsted there for water, and the people murmured against Moses, and said, Wherefore is this that thou hast brought us up out of Egypt to kill us, and our children, and our cattle with thirst? And Moses cried unto the Lord, saying, What shall I do unto this people? They be almost ready to stone me. And the Lord said unto Moses, Go on before the people, and take with thee of the elders of Israel, and thy rod, wherewith thou smotest the river. Take in thine hand, and go." Behold, I will stand before thee there upon the rock in Horeb, and thou shalt smite the rock, and there shall come water out of it, that the people may drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. And he called the name of the place Massa and Meribah because of the chiding of the children of Israel and because they tempted the Lord, saying, Is the Lord among us or not? Well, this was a neat story here. I'm going to stop here for a second. This wasn't a glorious day for the children of Israel while a great miracle did happen we see that God was upset with them when they named the place you know these names gave meaning to really the fact that these people fought with God they chided with Moses you know they argued with him they tempted the Lord they didn't have belief and really that day while God did a great thing it was a day that uh, it was a the name that they gave that place was to remind them that you all embarrassed yourselves you all I mean, sinned against God. They didn't deserve it one bit. So, while yeah, God blessed them and God spared their lives and He gave them water, it really wasn't a victorious day for the children of Israel. It was really kind of a... uh, while God did a good thing for them, they did some very bad things during that day. But then right after that, in verse 8, and I'm going to kind of tie these two stories together, it says, Then came Amalek and fought with Israel in Rephidim. And Moses said unto Joshua, Choose us out, men, and go out, fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses had said to him, and fought with Amalek, and Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. And it came to pass when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed, and when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands were heavy, and they took a stone and put it under him, And he sat thereon, and Aaron and Hur stayed up his hands, the one on the one side and the other on the other side. And his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. And Joshua discomfited Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. And the Lord said unto Moses, Write this for a memorial in a book, and rehearse it in the years of Joshua, for I will utterly put out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. And Moses built an altar and called the name of it Jehovah Nissi. For he said, Because the Lord has sworn that the Lord will have war with Amalek from generation to generation. So here we see really two stories of the children of Israel. We see the one where they're at the water, and we see how God told Moses to take the rock or the rod, the one that he had smote the water with. Alright, that rod was always around when they would when Moses would do those miracles. And so that rod, obviously I think it was kind of a symbol of hope. To those people, they they saw some miracles that took place with that rod, and that same rod that he used to smite the waters, God told him to take it and to smite the rock, and he smote that rock, and the water came out, and they had water to drink. And then we see another story where he goes and he takes that rod again, and he went and he lifts up his hands, and while his hands are up, Israel they can see him when they're fighting the battle, and they'd see his hands up, and when his hands were up, they would prevail. But then Moses, he's getting tired. Standing there holding that rod up all that time. And his hands start, when his hands would come down, they would start to lose the battle. And so, and then we see how Aaron and her they come and they hold his hands up. And we're going to look more at that in a little bit. But I want, us to, I want to speak tonight specifically, specifically on just being a help. Being a help. And I want to explain some things to you, know, just about leadership. I think these can apply to many things. These could apply to maybe the husband as the leader of the family. It can apply to, you know, uh, the uh, pastor of a church or just uh, anybody that's in any type of leadership. I think, you know, we ought to want to be a help to those people. And I think we see some great examples of how to do it in this passage. But we also see some things that I think can be very informative about leaders. And so just a few things I want us to look at tonight, that I want you to understand about the right kind of leader, because Moses definitely was the right kind of leader, probably one of the greatest leaders that we'll ever see in the Bible. And so when it comes to leadership and leaders, something that all of us need to understand, very important, is one, that the right kind of leader is simply following orders himself. Alright, Look at verse two of Exodus seventeen. It says, "Wherefore the people to let's, verse one, the congregation of the children of Israel journeyed from the wilderness of Sin and their journeys according to the commandments of the Lord, and pitched in Rephidim, and there was no water there for the people to drink." Now, notice how it was commanded of the Lord where they were supposed to go, and notice where the Lord commanded them to go, there was no water there to drink, wasn't Now. Understand the children of Israel, they weren't always the most visionary people. They definitely weren't the most trusting of people. And they often, instead of looking at God, they looked at Moses. And we see when they would look at Moses and get mad at Moses, we're going to see they were really getting mad at God. But really, if you're a leader and you are leading people through a wilderness, it's kind of foolish to lead them somewhere where there's no water. Am I right? I mean, that's... A bad idea, because people, they can't go very long without water, they need something to drink, and then verse 2 says, Wherefore the people did chide with Moses and said, Give us water that we may drink, and Moses said to them, Why chide ye with me? Wherefore do ye tempt the Lord? Moses, it wasn't Moses that led them to that spot, it was God that commanded them to go there. Moses was just following the commandment of the Lord. And the truth is, it wasn't Moses' or anyone's fault that they were in the mess that they were in. They were in a bad spot. In, in a sense, they were in a place where there was no water. But they were where God told them to go. So were they really in a mess? No. But yet, many, and many times... In life, God's going to ask us to do some things that, humanly speaking, doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense. I mean, you know, and uh, as, you know, as a, as a church, there may some be some things that God wants us to do, and maybe there's things that you know that God's command us to do that don't seem to make a whole lot of sense. And many times in churches, pastors will get themselves in all kinds of trouble just for being obedient to the Scripture. And there's all kinds of things. That we do in churches today that really, you know, don't make a whole lot of sense, as if, if far as earthly speaking goes. I mean, couldn't we get a lot more people in here if we would lighten up a little bit? If we would just, you know, maybe do some compromises, you know, maybe go ahead, let's bring in some of the worldly entertainment. Let's make some compromises. Wouldn't it make sense to do that? I mean, if we're going to reach our culture out here in our neighborhood, don't we need to try to be a little bit more like them? Well, that makes sense as far as the flesh goes but is that what God called us to do? Absolutely not. And you know there's many preachers out there today that have said, you know what? We're going to do what God said to do. We're going to stick to the book. We're going to stick to, you know, we're going to stick to the path that God has put us on. We're going to stay in the word of God. And you know what? The people want to fight with them. They complain cuz maybe you know, the crowds aren't as big as they used to be. Maybe the offerings aren't where they used to be, and they want to attack him, they want to fight him. But really, if that pastor is the right kind of leader, it's not him that got him there. It's God that put him there. He's just following orders. If I'm the right kind of leader, if I'm the right kind of pastor in this church, where if if I'm really following God's leadership, where we're at right now is exactly where God wants us to be. And maybe and it might not always look good. It might always look pretty. But you know, if we're being obedient to God, God can take care of things. But you know what? I don't want our church to be one that God is just blessing, but at the same time, disgusted with us at the same time. I want God to bless and be pleased and enjoy giving us the blessings. And here, God gave Israel what they needed because God wasn't going to let them die of thirst out there. But boy, He sure was displeased with them. And the truth is, it wasn't Moses' fault. And while they are attacking Moses, notice what Moses said. He said, "Why, Wherefore do ye tempt the Lord? And the truth is, if a pastor is preaching the truth, if he's following the commandments of God, and the people in the church want to give him a hard time for it, they're not attacking the pastor. They're attacking God. Not because the pastor is God, but if he's just following orders, then the truth is, it's God that they're mad at. Just like in the military, you know, it's the same thing in the military. You know, those sergeants or colonels or whoever, they're usually, they're supposed to be following the commands of the people in charge. The generals, you know, the president. I mean, there's people that they're, they're under authority, and I'm sure there's been many soldiers who fought in many battles where their commanders asked them to do some things that didn't make a whole lot of sense. And you know what? When you're in a war, you don't have time. To be arguing and debating every little order that your commander gives you, do you? You don't have time for that. They want, you know, they teach you to follow orders, and as Christians we're supposed to do that, and many times we don't. And there's gonna be times where it appears that, you know, that maybe, you know, some of the things I'm preaching, and that doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense. Well listen, if it's in the Bible, we need to do it. And if I'm the right kind of pastor, I'm not doing things my way, I'm gonna be doing things God's way. And the the right kind of leader is just following orders themselves. Therefore we can't get too mad at them. You know, we as much as we want to get mad at the police officers sometimes and they pull us over and give us a ticket, truth is they're following orders, aren't they? They're supposed to they're they're told to go out there and find people who are breaking the law and write them tickets. They're following orders. And, you know, I can't imagine one of the things that uh I was asked to do one time, and thankfully I had some good excuses not to do it. And that was to take part in an eviction of somebody, and I was—I I did not want to do that. And uh, and when when you go through the eviction process, you know, they, a police officer always has to be there. You know, police officer, they serve eviction notice. I, I would hate doing that. I can't imagine if, if I was a police officer going to somebody and saying, "You got to leave." Your home by this date, I would have a hard time doing that now here's the thing. Is it the police officer that's kicking him out now he, he's just following orders. I'm sure they don't enjoy doing that and I remember you know, I don't want to do that <laughs> i don't want to, I'm not saying the people you know they, they might have deserved it, but still. I don't want to be the one, and I was, glad, you know, I was glad I didn't have to do that. And I would hate being a police officer and doing something like that. I would hate going you know, into somebody's home maybe and, and arresting them in front of their wife and in front of their children and seeing the kids crying as you're cuffing them and taking them off and you're just following orders. You're just doing what you're told to do. And the right kind of leader, the leaders, that are, they're just following orders and a father and a mother some of the things that they have to do sometimes the kids might look at it might not understand but if they're the right kind of parents they're just doing what the Bible said to do even if it's you know maybe disciplining kids they don't enjoy that at all but if they're the right kind of parents they're just following the orders that God gave them in the Bible and we've got to understand when it comes to leaders they're just following orders themselves and then also here's another thing that's true about leaders and I'm going to say this true it's Same thing with me. I'm no exception to this. They really don't even have any idea what to do when things get tough. They really don't. Notice in verse 4. After this happened, you know, and the people did, you know, they all start yelling at Moses, they're getting mad at Moses, and Moses says, Well, I've got the answer. I'm going to pray water out of this rock. Now Moses didn't do that. It says, Moses cried unto the Lord, saying, what shall I do unto these people? They be almost ready to stone me. Moses didn't know what to do. Moses didn't know why they were out there. Moses didn't know that God had a plan to make water come out of the rock. Moses is looking around and saying, there's no water anywhere. And we got a multitude of people here. And here they are. They're all complaining to him. They're all yelling at him. They're ready to stone him, and he's just standing there, and he has no clue what to do. But he calls on the Lord. And the truth is, you know Moses. He went to God for guidance, which is what any good leader will do. And I'm telling you, I've been there many times in my life where it's like, you know, what are we going to do? Sometimes i wife, how are we going to pay the bills? How are we going to do this? I don't know. <laughs> but you know what? The Lord always provides. The Lord always takes care of things. But you know what? I don't always know how things are going to work out. And same thing as a pastor. I mean, there's times I don't, you know, I don't know what we're supposed to do. When I came out here and started the church, half the time I don't know what I'm supposed to do. You know, first time I, you, know, you go and you're trying to counsel somebody and deal with somebody when they're struggling with things, I don't know what to tell them. I don't know what's going to solve their problems. I really don't know. But you know what? I I just have to catch myself doing all the time is just pray that the Lord well, give me some wisdom. Lord, give me something. Show me some Scripture. Lord, I have no idea what I can do to help these people. I don't know what I'm supposed to do to get the church to the next you know phase here and how we can move. I don't know. I don't, I, I'm just going to be honest. I don't know what I'm doing half the time. But what I do try to do is just do what I know I'm supposed to do. Follow the orders... That I know God's given me to follow. I'm supposed to preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. All right, I know I'm supposed to do that, so I'll keep doing that. You know, we're going to keep on, you know, knocking on doors. We're going to keep on trying to witness to people. We're going to try. We're going to keep on sticking uh, sticking to the word of God and staying true to the word of God. But as far as what what we're going to do, you know, to get this place filled up and. To, I don't have any idea. I really don't know. And Moses, he didn't know what to do. And there's been many times and many pastors that they've been there before where things weren't going good in the church. And the people are all going after the pastor and getting mad at the pastor. And you know what? He doesn't know what to do. And Moses didn't know what to do. But the right kind of leader, even though they don't know what to do, when things get tough, they're going to go to the Lord. And you know what fathers you're going to be there many times your kids going to be asking you know dad what am i going to do what am i supposed to do you know what just go to god for guidance when that comes don't think that any of us just got it all figured out we've got all the answers already i mean there's plenty of stuff i don't my kids are getting close to going into the teenage years and i'm going to get to start dealing with all the teenager issues and you know what I don't know. <laughs> I, don't know I don't know how I'm going to handle that. I don't know what I'm going to do. But you know what? I'm going to go to God for guidance. And you know what? We see here with, with leaders, sometimes they're asked to do things that don't make any sense. Verse 5, And the Lord said unto Moses, Go on before the people, and take with thee of the elders of Israel and thy rod where thou smotest the river. Take it in thine hand and go. Behold, I will stand before thee there upon the rock in Horeb, and thou shalt smite the rock there, and there shall come water out of it that the people may drink. Now understand, you know, we know this story before we're even reading it. You know We're reading it in just a few seconds. But understand that Moses now has just been asked to go out to the people that are about ready to stone him. And Moses has been told to go and stand on the rock and smite the rock and water is going to come out. That's not easy. I mean, can you imagine? All right, here, here they are. They're all waiting, and you know, you're, you know, you're Moses, and they're going. All right, I got to go out there. I got to stand there. They're going to ask what I'm doing. I'm going to tell them. Uh, God told me to smite this rock, and water is going to come out. And hopefully, they'll give me a chance to smite the rock before they start throwing the rocks at me. <laughs> and that's what he's got to be thinking. And he's got to be scared. And sometimes God asks us to do things that just don't make a whole lot of sense. And we need to understand that when it comes to leadership that, that sometimes God does that. Sometimes God you know, just wants us to maybe just stand still for a while. He wants, he wants to teach us some patience. He wants us, he wants us to learn to just trust Him and to rely on Him. And He might ask us to do things that just don't make a whole lot of sense. And you know what? We've got to do it. See, God wanted Moses to have faith just like he wanted the children of Israel to have faith. God's going to kill two birds and one stone here. God's going to teach Moses some faith, and God's going to teach that faithless bunch of people out there some faith. And I don't know how it all went down. I don't you know the Bible just it tells the story quick. But you know, I just picture Moses going out there. If if it was me, I wouldn't have said anything. I'd have just went up there and and uh before I could, you know, just got him all ready Like I was going to make a speech, and then while I was up there, just take my rod and please work, <laughs> and just and hit it. I wouldn't explain what I was going to do because otherwise they'd have stoned me for sure. But yeah, you know, I don't know if he did that, or I don't know if he was told you know, God's going to make water come out of the rock. I don't know how it all worked out, but he did. He did what God told him to do, and it worked. Guarantee it increased Moses' faith. And like we talked about this morning in Sunday school, it didn't really help. Many of the children of Israel did it. They still didn't believe. Even after that happened. But, he kept Noah from or Moses from getting stoned that day. But God wanted to teach them some faith. And you know what? As a church, God does, God wants to teach me faith, but He wants to teach all of you faith too. And so that's why we all need to have faith. Because if you don't have faith... You know, then God's got to do something to make you have faith, and vice versa. If you have faith and I don't, God's got to do something. And you know what? I would prefer us just be obedient, and God, not have to put us through any tests like this. You know, I, you know, I know we would all like to see that. You know, we're, we're always like, oh, I'd love to, you know, experience something like the parting of the Red Sea. But do you realize to experience something like the parting of the Red Sea means you have to be about ready to die for one, with no place to go, nowhere to turn, no hope at all, and then you get to see things like that. But we're all too busy panicking and dying of a heart attack before we ever get to those points, do we? And and the truth is, even though they were there and they saw those things, they still many of them still weren't believers. And all of them, except for those under was it forty years old, they all died in the wilderness. Because they didn't have any faith. And I believe they died and they went to hell. But sometimes God, He's asked leaders to do things that don't make a whole lot of sense. And so then also, something we know about leaders, look at verse 11. It says, "...and it came to pass when Moses held up his hand..." We're in the next story here. uh, When they're fighting that battle. It says that when Moses held up his hand, that Israel prevailed. And when he let it down his hand... Amulet prevailed. When it comes to leadership, they're being watched all the time and followed by many. Note, when Moses got his hands up, they're prevailing. When they're down, they're losing the battle. And, you know, sadly, it's like that in a lot of churches. You know, when the pastor's doing good, you know, the people are doing good. But if the pastor falls into sin, then have the people fall into sin. You know, that's one thing I don't want to do. Around here, you know, I, I'm planning on uh, in January, Lord willing, I'm, I'm planning on a whole series of messages specifically on separation. And one of the things that I don't want to do is I don't want to be, want to be one of these pastors that sets all these rules and preaches all these rules that people ought to follow and I have a congregation full of people that are doing these things just because I'm saying they should. Because here's the thing. What if someday I quit doing right? What if one of these days, you know, the Lord calls me away or I die or fall into sin or something like that? Then you know what? If you're all just doing it because I say, then you're all going to quit when I quit. And you know, what I would prefer is to see you following Christ and following the Word of God. And then it's not going to matter whether I'm around or not. But many people today... Are looking at leadership. They're watching leadership. You know. Uh, you know. Sadly, many young men who grew up in homes that had really terrible fathers grow up to be fathers just like the terrible one they had, do the same things. And it's sad that that happens. But there, uh, at the same time, we need to understand there is a lot of pressure on leadership sometimes. And I can just imagine, you know, Moses. If he's doing his best. He's trying, but you know what? A man's a man, and they can only do so much. None of them are perfect, and I'm not making excuses for these guys that fall into sin. But Moses, he couldn't hold his hands up all night. He was, he got tired. He was getting old at this point, and he was weary. And but he was, but he was being watched by many, and he was human. And he was weak. But Moses' hands were heavy. He's human. He's weak. And all, you know, your father's in here. You're human. You're weak. I'm human. I'm weak. You know, the leaders in our country, they're humans. They're weak. And here's the part that I really want you to see tonight when it comes to leaders is that sometimes. All they need is just a little bit of help. Sometimes they just need a little bit of help. Look at verse 12. It says, But Moses' hands were heavy, and they took a stone and put it under him. And he sat there on, and Aaron and her stayed up his hands, the one on one side and the other on the other side, and his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. You know, Aaron and Her. Now, her, who's Hur? You know, I don't know. I looked up Hur. You see him with Aaron quite a bit, but we don't know a whole lot about her. But notice these guys here, how they went and they're Moses, he's the leader, right? Moses is the one charge. Moses is the one, whether his hands stay up or down, that determines whether they're winning the battle or not. But Aaron and her, when they saw he was weary, they didn't do like a lot of people would when they see people struggling. You know, a lot of people, if they'd have been there, they'd have been like, man, why can't he hold his hands up? It's just it's just the staff he's holding up. He can't hold it up a little longer. Doesn't he realize that these people are depending on him? Why can't he keep his hands up a little bit longer? And you know what? A lot of people are like that with leadership sometimes. Maybe they're that way with the pastor. You know, why can't that pastor just preach a little bit better? You know, why can't he do a little bit more? You know, to get this church to grow. Why can't he do this? Why can't he that? Maybe he just needs a little bit of help. Maybe he just needs a little bit of encouragement. And many people, they will see people struggling. They will see somebody's having a hard time and they just want to stand there and watch and criticize. But notice Aaron and her, they didn't do that. They're like, you know what? Let's help them out. And they went and they got a stone and they put that stone under him so he would have a place to sit. And then, you know, that made it a little easier on him. But you know, he's got to hold those hands up and they're like, you know what? He can't hold his hands up. You know, we can. And they went and they grabbed on his hands and they held his hands up and that was enough. That was enough. And Israel, and his Bible says that Joshua uh, wrought a great victory that day. He defeated them with the edge of the sword. And you know what? Moses was the leader there, but yet he was able to accomplish what he needed to accomplish because of the help he had. The truth is, nobody can do it. By themselves. While the husband is the leader of the home, and the father is the leader of the home, boy, it sure helps to have that wife helping out, doesn't it? We'd all be in big trouble without her. You know why a pastor, he might be a leader in the church. He can't do it by himself. They've got to have people in there that are helping and that are supporting. And thank God we have that here. I mean, we wouldn't have what we have here today if it was just me. and we, Because I can only do so much And thank God, I I, I mean, just the help that you've all been, the encouragement. You know, one of the best things that's, you know, helping me with the preaching is just the fact that you show up and you want to listen. You know, when people, you know, ask questions and just, I can tell they're learning stuff from it. That's a motivator. I mean, that just excites me and just makes me want to go study a little more and work a little harder. But you know, Moses, he was a great man because that guy, all the things he did, they just complained to him all the time. I mean, if Moses would have been like the average Baptist, he would have just said, you know what? I'm moving on. <laughs> I'm going somewhere else. I'm sick of listening to you people complain and whine. But he didn't do it. He kept doing it right. But we see he got weary. And Aaron and her, I believe, they were the heroes in the story. They made the difference. Because we see in chapter 17 just... While Moses is such a revered figure, one that we all look up to, he was just a man. he didn't really know what he was he was just following god 's orders. he didn't have any clue what he was doing when things got tough, but he knew to call on the Lord when things get did get tough. God asked him to do things that didn 't make a lick of sense, but he was obedient, and while he was being watched. even though he was weak thankfully somebody stepped up and they helped him out and a great battle was then the real heroes and difference makers are often the people that are working behind the scenes and let me tell you there's a i've seen this in a lot of churches where a lot of times you know the pastor gets all the credit for what's going on in the church but you know and Anyone that's honest, a lot of times too, if you look at these churches, you'll find out there's people there behind the scenes that they're the ones making it all happen. And there is no way that church would be where it is if it wasn't for people you don't even know. People, uh, their names aren't known. They're not up behind the pulpit preaching the messages, but they're the ones that are making it happen. There are people that maybe they're just holding up the hands of the pastor, holding up the hands of the leader, And making all the difference. And while man might not notice these people, I believe God takes notice of these people. I believe God, God, He's the righteous judge. He sees what's going on. If if Liberty Baptist Church takes off and we become the biggest church in Rock Falls or whatever, God's going to know. Obviously, He gets all the credit for it. But humanly speaking, I know right now that this guy right here can't make that happen i you know i i know that but you know with the right kind of people in the church with the right kind of help right kind of support we could do great things in this area and in the end people they might you know people are going to try to point to me but you know what god's going to know who really made the difference you know, God's gonna, God's gonna remember people like you who've been. That you're here. You're faithful. You're here all the time. You're here. You know, in the good weather, the bad weather. You know, you're here in the evening services, and the midweek services. Those things that are a big encouragement to me. You know, a lot of churches today they're shutting down their Sunday night and Wednesday night service. I think that's terrible. I don't know how. I do not know how. I don't even think it's possible you can be a successful Christian and do right just going to church one hour a week. and I mean, that's all the spiritual stuff some people get. One hour a week? And you know what? While I wish I could make everybody get all of it, I can't. But at the same time, I'm not going to... I'm mean, One thing, I, all I can do is at least make it available. I'm going to make it available. We're, we're going to have it. But you know what? I'm telling you right now, it would be hard... To stay faithful to that, if it wasn't for people like you, holding my hands up in that area, being here for it, if it was just you know me and the wife and kids, as much preaching as they need, you know it uh, it would. I said, I I can preach to them at home anytime, and uh, I I thank God for you all here. And I, I think often about you know when I when I'm talking to people you know about how God's blessed our church. I mean, and I'm always talking about the people. In this church, and you make a bigger difference than you realize. And I wanted to show you this story because I believe that God wants that from all of us. That's something we can do for each other. You know, whatever they're doing in the church, you know, we need to hold each other's hands up. We're weak, and we, you know, maybe uh, maybe it's another father. You know, maybe he's you know, maybe he's struggling, having a tough time you know spiritually, and and having a tough time being the right kind of leader. Maybe he just needs a little bit of help from us. A little bit of encouragement so he can do what he needs to do. And that's what that's what Aaron heard. I, I love that mental picture there. It just you know, that picture just of these guys just holding his hands up. Just, hey, we, we gotta do something to help. And what a difference it made that little thing of holding the hands up. And what a picture too of Moses who we look up to so much. Just a reminder that he was just flesh. He was just a human like you and I are. He got tired. He got weary. But thank God, he had some help. And I'm telling you right now, I know myself for an example. I am just as human as anybody else. And... I'm gonna, you know, I'll I'll be the first one to admit I need help. I'm not gonna, I'm not even gonna pretend I can do this on my own. I'm not gonna pretend I can, you know, lead this church and uh, do all that you know needs to be done. I, I I know I'll admit I'll be the first one to admit I need help, and I know you all have been a help to me, and I appreciate that, and and it's my prayer that, you, that you'll keep it up, that, that you'll keep it up, and I believe that. Uh, I believe we 'll see great things because you know there's a lot of people that are watching there's a lot of people that are watching me, and you know what what's going to make the and unfortunately, I wish I, you know so I wish if tomorrow you know my goal my goal is not to leave liberty Baptist Church okay i 'm not looking to go anywhere, but my goal is to get this church to the point where if I did, it would continue. To go on and do just fine. That you know, that to me that that ought to be the goal of any pastor for that church to succeed without him there. But you know, there may be people here that are just following me, that are just watching me. And that's not that's not real good. But in the meantime, just in case, you know, keep helping me out, because we don't want to let them down. They're fighting battles too. They're the ones they're fighting battles, and we want them to succeed. And we want them to be strong. On their own. And same thing too, they might be watching you. Many people, you'd be surprised how many people might be watching you. While they, you know, a lot of people think, I can't even be a good church member. Well, I'm a pastor. But you know what? If they see you doing it, they see you faithful to the house of God, they see you being obedient to the Word of God, it's going to make a difference. You know, people expect, it's like, you know, they think, ah, you know, the pastor and his family, of course, you know, they don't do this, of course, they don't go there, of course, they dress this way. But us, we're just normal people. We don't, we don't have to do that. We don't. We're not expected to do that. I don't really see in the Bible where God gave one set of rules for the pastor and another one for everybody else. I, I don't see that. But if you all are doing it, it can have a bigger impact than me and my family doing it. Because I'm the pastor here. I'm the guy getting paid. You're the ones putting money in the offering, you know, and you're doing it anyway, that can, that can be huge right there. That example that you set. And so, uh, you have no idea who's watching you and the kind of impact you can have. But in the meantime, one thing we can all do is we can all be a help to each other. Hold up each other's hands. So with that, let's all stand together.